Three, two, one. Welcome to the Two Tall Jews Show, presented by the On This Day in Jewish History Instagram page. We are tall, we are two Jews, and we are ready to go. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Best Shop Productions. For all your video marketing solutions, go to bestshopproduction.com to get a quote on your next video project today. On today's show, we are very excited to be with Sarah, a.k.a. the Hasidic Hipster Girl. Sarah runs a super successful Instagram account by the name at Hasidic Hipster Girl. She's the host of the Daily Study podcast and voices the famous Sharona on TikTok. Sorry. Sarah is filled with contagious positive energy and a passion for creating meaningful content, and we are very happy to have her on the show. Sarah, welcome to the Two Tall Jew Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to get to know you guys and a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So before we get started, this is a question we ask all our guests just to better understand if this is still the Two Tall Jew Show. How tall are you? I am 5'7". Ah, uh, missed the cut. Oh, that makes us three tall Jews. <laughs> Three tall Jews. We want to start off by getting to know each other a bit. And so, what's your background? Where do you currently call home? Um, that is a very good question. I mean, home, home for me is Israel, of course, a hundred percent. But I was born in Paris. I grew up in Toronto, and I lived in Crown Heights for three years. And now I currently live in Jersey. So I definitely don't feel like I am settled anywhere as weird as that sounds yeah what part of jersey i'm right now in elizabeth okay yeah i'm i'm you? i'm in miami hollywood oh. and oh. isaac is close to you yeah. yeah isaac is where manhattan oh nice okay yeah. cool so we're pretty close yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can I, am I allowed to ask you guys questions? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> just like so curious to know like how you found me and like where you guys are from and like what originated <laughs> your podcast. Sure. So I will start off with the what originated the podcast. Isaac and I met in Israel three years ago on Hasbro Fellowships. Oh, nice! I always yeah. Did yeah, it's a great program. And now we're the, we only, we don't talk to anyone else from the trip except, you know, just cause yeah. I, you know how that works. So like we became close yeah. and, um, we just, we had great conversations and we wanted to start a podcast and we could never figure out what topic. And then like, uh, around May, I just had an idea. We both love Jewish history and history. Isaac studied, uh, Holocaust studies in uh, the university. So, um, it was just like a mutual passion. And so we started a blog talking about on this dangerous history literally for every day. And now we have, thank God we have like a, a huge database of, of information that we've been working on all summer. Wow. Love that. And so the page is limiting in the sense of like, it's just a caption and a picture. And so mm-hmm. we want to go deeper on certain subjects. And so then we're like, okay, so this is our opportunity to start our podcast. So totally mm-hmm. podcasts help you dive in so much deeper than just like what we're given. Right. So like our stuff is on Instagram, meaning it's very photo based and caption based. Yeah, like we, 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 we put a lot of effort into the captions. They're, they're usually very dense. Um, we wanna, we're open to like different 
you know, I'll switching that up and making it look a little more visually appealing. But for now, we care more about getting the getting the education out. And then I found you because I've been following all the different accounts and I follow different hashtags that are all related to Judaism and Jewish history. So um, I know you just came up. <laughs> love it. Thank you so yeah. much. That's cool. I love meeting other people. I've honestly like I have my my pros and cons with Instagram. It's a love hate relationship. Like sometimes. I'll love it. I'll feel like I'm thriving. And sometimes I just like totally need to take a break. But during my break, I realized that it's not as bad as it is. And I realized that I've met so many people from being on Instagram. I wouldn't be where I am today without Instagram. So as much as like, you know, there's a whole aspect of like the overly curated content and, you know, posting at a certain time and like being so meticulous about that, which gets me so it just makes me want to like drop the whole thing because I'm very free spirited and I like to just be me. But I also feel like there is like an aspect of competition, you know, on the platform. So um, it's very hard to like stay true to myself and like really be authentic and be wholesome and share what I want to share. But at the same time, um, it's not like a very like tangible competition. It's not like in your face, but there is the standard that you have to like uphold by in order to, in order for the platform itself to like put your post out there. The, how Instagram works is that they choose like the, the most, the most curated and the most like eye candy type of post and they'll, and they'll show it on people's feeds. So whatever looks like shit is not going to be shown to other people, you know? So you do have to, like keeps a certain standard, which it makes me fluctuate on the app. That's all. <laughs> and very much like you guys, I feel like my, like the goal for my, for my page is more to give like, like information in the, in the captions and not so much the photos. Like I'm not so much into like showing me, but unfortunately, whether I like it or not, I became the product of my page. So it's very interesting at the way Everything is like, even if I pull myself out, my followers are not going to want to read the caption because now there's nothing attractive. And I don't mean attractive in a sexual way. I just mean like attractive, meaning I'm the product of the brand. So I kind of have to stay on the page whether I like it or not. So yeah, I definitely have a constant battle with myself in that regard. Who is Hasidic Hipster Girl? Uh, what do you think speaks to your success on your platform? 27,000 plus followers is nothing to scoff at. Okay, so it's a good question. Um, who is Hasidic Hipster Girl? So I started my page three years ago, and back in the day it was, like, super trendy to have a cool handle name. So I had to really think about what I wanted my name to represent. And at the time I lived in Brooklyn, in Crown Heights specifically, and I noticed the people there are either – like Hasidic or hipster. That's literally what came to my mind. And I, I felt like I was really like in the middle of both. And I always feel like I'm in the middle of both. I have a bunch of secular friends. When I hang out with them, I literally feel like I'm one of them. When I have a bunch of religious friends. When I hang out with them, I feel like I'm one of them. Like, I feel like I'm a blend of secular and religious together. So I just feel like that name was just perfect. And that's kind of how it came about. Um, now I'm thinking that now I'm realizing that a lot of accounts are starting to switch their handles to their full name, which is interesting because, you know, a, a name, I guess, a name doesn't change, but your handle could fluctuate because your handle is something you chose for yourself, but your name is something you were given at birth. 
So I'm a little bit veering off the question, but that was like the first half of the question that you asked. So do you think that the positive energy and the sort of the positive elements of your personality that you bring to the forefront of the page contributes to the way in which the content you create is received by your followers? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, yes. I believe that the way I come off on Instagram and the way I am, of course, helps people absorb the content in that way, but it is also the receiver's job. Like, the receiver also takes part of the responsibility on the way they receive something. So let me just give you an example because I feel like it's such an abstract subject. I am not at all into politics, like at all, certainly not American politics. Like I'm much more of like a historical person, Jewish, like I like to understand philosophy and Jewish law. Like I'm much more into like that. And like, I don't watch the news. I don't, I don't care. You can call me whatever you want. That's me. Like that's what I choose to be. I don't like to watch the news because I, I believe that the news really tries to instill fear in people. So if I need to know something, I'll know it. I'll know it one way or another. So that's that. A few Sundays ago, I was in Deal, New Jersey, and I was passing by. We were, my husband and I were driving, and then we see this, like, private jet on the side, and we're like, hey, this, sound, this looks like it's, like, really, like, something, someone, someone legit is here. So we, like, sit, sit, like, by these trees, and we're, like, peeking through the trees, and all of a sudden we see Trump, okay? And I'm not trying to make this podcast political at all. I thought it was really cool that we saw Trump. I didn't know how much weight Trump had to people. Like, some people love him, some people hate him. Being that I'm French and Canadian and only been living in America for three years, I just thought it was cool to see the president. I, 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 I don't have enough of a say because I don't know enough about who he is and what he says. Maybe that's ignorant of me, whatever. That's not the point. The point is that I thought it was cool to see some sort of celebrity, right? Like, he's just, he's just a figure. So for me, it was like seeing Michael Jackson. It was like seeing any celebrity because, once again, I don't know enough about him. I don't watch what he says. I don't, I don't watch the news. So I thought it was cool. I posted it. I lost 2,000 followers that same day just because I said, hey, I thought it was so cool that I saw Trump. I didn't say anything about my thoughts on, on like, about Trump or not Trump. I don't even know who else is running. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm really not into politics. I just thought it was cool that he was a figure. And it just made me realize that, like, people really take what they want to take and they see what they want to see. I did not say I support him. I did not say anything about voting for anyone. Like, I didn't mention anything. All I said was, here's a cool, um, like, famous person. And people were, like, could, like, totally lost it on me. Like, they lost it. They were reposting me and they were like, how could a Hasidic hipster girl talk about this? He's basically equivalent to Hitler. And, like, I had no idea what they were saying. So, on one hand, it was, like, crazy, and I had to take a break and realize, like, did I do so – I had to question myself because 2,000 followers is a lot of people. Like, did I do something wrong? What's going on? Then I took a break for a little bit, and I realized, like, this is a really heavy topic. And I never talk about politics, but I guess this was pol- political, even though for me it wasn't. It was just seeing the president. I don't think – I don't know what – I even feel awkward asking you the question, do you think it's a political thing that I saw the president? I don't know. For me, it's an event. It's an event in my life. But everyone takes it their own way. So back to your question, what I choose 
to put out, of course, is from me and it's from my genuine love. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't try to influence or force people to, to think a certain way at all. I'm more like I have a thought and I like to share it or there's an event in my life and I document it. Now, a lot of people, majority of my followers love it and they take it as like amazing. But then you have the, like a chunk of people that interpret whatever you put out there the way they perceive their own life. And then they start making assumptions about you. And then they start creating things that you never even said. You know, so that part of the of running the Instagram is really hard. And I'm realizing it's getting harder and harder as I'm growing. Because as I'm growing, I'm realizing like you really can't please everyone. It's just it's not it's not life. Like you can't please everyone, you know? So what's like what would be like the perfect happy ending for the story of Hasidic Hipster Girl? Uh, not, not necessarily an ending, but like in terms of like a long-term plan, where do you see the page going? Is it, is it does it go beyond Instagram? Is it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I actually have been recently learning a lot about mental health and self-love. And it sounds very cliche, but applying those concepts specifically to the religious community, I feel like there's a big lack in the religious community because a lot of people serve God and they forget to serve themselves. And I feel like I have the, like, not the perfect balance. I'm not like the perfect whatever, but I'm just saying, I feel like I really can understand and feel the balance of both serving yourself and serving God and not suppressing your need for the sake of God or to our religion, but including yourself when you're in the service of God. And I feel like in the religious extreme circles, like specifically Masidic or like whatever, certain religious people, they kind of lose themselves in the service of God. And they forget that they were created as unique individuals. God gave them a specific thing. So obviously, God never asked you to be his slave. That's all we're here for. So really, my goal here with Hasidic Hipster Girl is to show that you can still be you, you can still be authentic, even if it means wearing jeans or not covering your hair, whatever, you need to be you. You need to feel real with yourself. And that's the only way you can actually serve God wholeheartedly. You can't just pretend and like suppress all your feelings, suppress all these emotions and pretend everything is fine and then serve God. God doesn't want that for you. Like it gets a little tricky when it comes to like, if you're gay, should you be gay and then serve God? Like, I can go into like the whole thing, but like you should never suppress your feelings. That's not what God, God gave you certain feelings for a certain reason. So obviously each person has a specific scenario that they need to deal with, but suppressing is a very big thing that's done in the extreme like religious circles and it's not healthy. So my goal here is to really like normalize the acceptance of the self, taking care and nourishing the self, so that you can properly serve God. Great. So um, you also have a podcast. Can you talk to us a little bit about your show? Yeah. So my podcast is not, it's, it's not yet my opinions. It's not really my opinions. It's more, um, it's called the daily study. And basically the Torah is there's a famous quote that says that we should be living with the Torah. So I always wondered what that meant. And then I noticed that 
the Torah is divided into 52 portions, which are equivalent, equivalent to the 52 weeks, weeks in the year. And the weeks are divided into seven days. So every single day, there are a certain amount of verses that is suggested to be read, that you can read, basically. And then if you read those every day for 365 days, you basically know the whole Torah. But my goal in the podcast is not just to read them and get them done. It's rather to read them and understand what they can teach you for you. If the Torah is supposed to be something beneficial and something that we can learn from and something that we can live with, then obviously we've got to dive in and learn what it can teach us. So that's what I basically do. I extract the uh, practical tools that we can learn from those daily verses every day. And eventually by the end of the year, you basically know the whole Torah on a practical level. Good goal. Yeah, I, I checked it out. It's very informative. So definitely helps out because it's like a little tidbit. And I feel like some people, they, they don't want to learn because it takes so much time. And so when you put it in that format, it uh, changes the, the, the frame. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that it's under five minutes every day. So, right. Yeah. So you're not an influencer kind of are dancing between that, but you've worked with different no, influencers. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely an influencer. I just okay. write on an influencer as a sign to like, if anybody has any questions or like thinks that they could have such high standards on me, it's right. just to lower their view and their expectations of me. But every single person is an influencer. And this is my opinion. Right. Like my followers are influencers, whether we like it or not, we're an influencer. You're an influencer. Mm-hmm. Isaac's an influencer. I'm saying we're, we're all influencers, whether we like it or not. We go, we go to the store to pick up a bag of tomatoes. We're influencing someone by the dress, by the way we're dressed, by the way we're walking. Like we don't know how, but we always influence people at every moment of the day. Gotcha. So, so, so you've also worked with other, you know, people in the Jewish world that are influencing in the, in the sense that, that we are trying to. So who do you think is doing the best job in terms of projecting the Jewish story online right now? So it's a hard one. It's a hard one uh, because I really find that I haven't really, I, I find that the way that I think is very unique, like at least like for my community, religious community, so I haven't really, really like found someone with the same views as me, whether in the religious or secular world. Um, but I do really align with um, Rudy. His name is Rudy Israel. He is, I'm not sure if he's religious or secular, but see, that doesn't matter. He's just Jewish. And he is, he like talks to like Palestinians about like the Jewish Israeli conflict. And he really is like treats people on a human level, like he's just human with people, human before anything, before the history, before the fights, before the borders, before everything. So um, he's definitely someone that's doing amazing, intense work. And that's why I would say right now is, is awesome, is killing it and crushing it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, we know Rudy. We're trying to bring him on the show. Nice. So hopefully. You will. We're yeah. going to get so I wanted to say I did a live with him. It's saved on my um, Instagram, and I just like I want to say this out loud because whoever's listening, maybe maybe from a more religious background, um, I find that a lot of religious people don't have a connection at all to Israel because they're not taught it in the school systems, and they're taught that only when Mashiach comes we can have Israel. So that's a very very 
um, corrupt way of thinking because at the end of the day, we know that God promised this land to Abraham and it's important in our duty to know the history of that land. So um, that's why I did a live with him and it was so informative and like people really loved it. So yeah, that's all. Switching gears a little bit. So with the spike in anti-Semitism all over the country and especially online, how do we best combat anti-Semitism with our platforms and our places of influence? It's a great question. It's a great question because it's scary to be Jewish and proud, especially when you know so many people hate you for no reason. But I think the way to combat it is to keep informing people and keep living a Jewish life with love, with being real. So for me, whenever I hear all these anti-Semitic things that are happening, I feel even more proud to share about Kishabab, about Rosh Hashanah, about the current holidays that are happening and just educating the public. Like, this is what happens on Rosh Hashanah. And I do these very, like, factual videos so that if any person who is anti-Semitic has, has already an assumption of us, if they stumble across my page or they stumble across anybody who's adding more light to the world, they'll notice, hey, like, maybe, maybe Jews are not what I thought they were, you know? So I think, like, to just keep doing you and keep educating and informing people, like, not them. I'm going to say, like, keep doing you within your circle. Like, for me, I just, I keep putting content out there that's wholesome to my audience. And if anybody that's anti-Semitic gets on my page, which that happens a lot, they'll notice, hey, she's not so bad after all. Jews are not so bad. You know, like, I'm not saying that's the cure. It's not the cure, but the, you just got to keep doing you and keep doing it with love, with light, and show that at the end of the day, we're all connected. Humanity is one. And most people hate Jews because they don't know anything about them because they were taught to hate Jews. They don't actually know. They don't just, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's why we say combat because, you know, door to door, right? And we say it every, every Pesach, like somebody's going to rise up and, and like Hashem's going to save us. But through saving, it's also we have to act and like be, uh, be present in the, in the project of, of defending ourselves and being proud and right. Exactly. And I think being, being proud is to live Jewish. Mm -hmm. To live Jewish is, is combating just simply by living, like literally saying a bracha before you drink water or whatever it is, like whatever it means to be Jewish for you, because not everybody has a, a religious connotation with being Jewish. Whatever it means to be Jewish to you, whether it's your Magen David, whether it's uh, praying, whatever it is, like keep doing that, you know, and like be proud to do it. And, and that's how you combat it. 100%. So in the last five years, what new, what new belief or habit has improved your life as a result of doing said belief or habit? And this can be as general or as specific as, uh, as you'd like. Yeah, so there's two specific habits that stick out to me. Is when I wake up in the morning, I do some personal prayer. So it's not like your typical traditional sitter like I don't like I used to I used to pray with a sitter which then it became very robotic to me and I didn't understand what I was reading so I took a break from that and I started doing 15 minutes on the clock with a timer of personal prayer and I come to a set spot in my house 
and I just talk. I talk to God as if he's my therapist. I talk to him as if, like, literally as if there's someone in front of me, and I just release everything verbally that's inside of me, and it's helped me so much. It's helped me have a vision for my day, and it's also very aligned with the law of attraction, so it's a very universal thing to do, even though it sounds like a very religious thing to do when you connect it with Judaism, and it's very aligned with, it's like this, it's like this equivalent to people that speak to the universe and like visualize. It's, it's very in line with a lot of attraction. So I just release my thoughts. Um, I thank him for where I am today. And then I set my goals for the day verbally. And then I feel like my day is like just incredible. And I feel like everything that I said in the morning really came, came true. And my second habit is I get out in the morning as well. So I, sometimes I do it before my personal prayer or after but I go for a walk or a run and just, I get active. I move my body for a minimum of 20 minutes a day in the morning. And it just gets my brain like, like open, energized, creative. And I have like much more creative juices to like give to my Instagram family. So those two habits. That's awesome. Can you teach us about something that you're obsessed with that we haven't spoken about already? Mm, that I'm obsessed with. Wow. We, got, we just want to be like you. That's what we want to come away with. We want to be more like you. <laughs> we want to just follow you to the promised land. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, I think it's really important. Well, it's not something I'm obsessed with, but it's definitely something I do when I'm 26 years old, is that I'll blast my favorite music for a little bit of time during the day, and I'll just, like, shake it in front of the mirror and, like, not give a shit because I'm here I'm in my house and I'm just, like, it's really important to, like, not take life too seriously because at the end of the day, like, we come here and we leave. And right now we're here to accomplish our mission. We're here to do the best that we can do. So we got to be the best that we can be. And how to do that is to just, like, infuse yourself all the time with good vibes. And I'm very social. I like going to social events, but sometimes they drain me because not everyone's the vibe. So you're going to get around people that, can, that are going to drain you. So you got to go home and like fuel up and, you know, re-energize yourself, whatever that means for you. For me, it's dancing and like being active and like shaking it to the best music. Um, or sometimes it's just reading good books, good self-help books um, and like quiet time. Or sometimes it's just like hearing my breath in nature. So those three things are really great uh, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with them but they definitely help me they help me like just stay on this high frequency imagine if you had a gigantic billboard uh, that you could put anywhere where millions or billions of people could see and have access to it what would it say and why I love the way you phrase that question but it's basically how I feel every time I post something it's like, what do I want to say today? What do I want to say to the world? People are watching. What do I want to say? And sometimes like, I'll post my coffee and I'm like, why am I just posting coffee? I can post so much more. But then I remember that I'm also human. So I have to post these little parts that are like, everyone drinks coffee, you know? And then I'll post something cool and then I'll post something chill and then I'll post something powerful, you know? But about the billboard, I got to say it depends on my mood. But instead of putting something inspirational, which I really like to do, it, w it would probably be, like, a bunch of people dancing and jamming to, like, great music. Because more than inspiration, I think, like, hitting the spot when someone's down, when you hit them with, like, comedy, it's much more powerful than inspiration, at least for me. And I feel like comedy and, like, just, like, good vibes, 
hits the spot that inspiration doesn't. This is for me. Like, and sometimes not everyone's ready to take the inspiration. So as much as I value inspiration so much, I think it's important to remember, like, humanism, humanity before anything. So I would put, like, different different color, race, gender, whatever you want, all different types of people, a mix of people, just humans, just humans dancing in a video on a billboard. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right. Last, last, uh, we're calling it this rapid fire. Which, so first thing that comes to mind, you mentioned that you lived in Brooklyn and that's where Hasidic Hipster Girl was born in a way. So yeah. um, what is the best brunch in Brooklyn? Mmm, the best brunch in Brooklyn, I'm going to have to say mozzarella. Mozzarella. Mozzarella, is that just, that's what it's called? Yeah, it's called mozzarella. It's in Crown Heights. It's it's really owned. They're really, really, really good stuff. But if you guys do go to Brooklyn, there are so many good restaurants. So you can hit me up and I'll guide you. Well, two more questions about food then uh, in Brooklyn. Best farmer's market in Brooklyn. (laughs) Ooh, I haven't gone to a farmer's market in Brooklyn only because I feel like they're not there. I feel like they're, uh, like, north. They're, like, more upstate. Um, and the best bagel? The best bagel. That's a hard one. I'm going to have to say Buncho Bagels. Buncho Bagels. Nice. Yeah. And now shifting into Israel, what is your favorite destination in Israel? Tel Aviv. And least favorite destination? <laughs> That's a hard one. Least favorite is like in Sterot because I'm scared there. Uh huh. Yeah. And now, what's a pro tip that you would give anybody visiting Israel for the first time? A, a, a birthday gift? No, uh, like a, a pro tip, like oh, a pro. Uh, for like a new tourist to Israel. I would tell them. I'll make them a whole itinerary. I'll tell them the cool spots. I mean, I would love to, like, hear a little bit about your background, if that's cool. I don't know if you want that recorded or not, but... Yeah, that's I mean, okay. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, me, personally, I'm from Venezuela, and I grew up in Miami. I moved here when I was, like, seven. Well, I didn't move here. My, my parents... <laughs> <laughs> um, thank God, because it's pretty awful there. And so yeah. they, they had to start, you know, from scratch. Um what did you say your first name was? Mayor. Mayor. I'm the Mayo Grandma that's been okay. DMing you. <laughs> okay. Um, that's very cool. Are you okay? You're, so your your parents are from Venezuela. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. My family moved there after the after the Holocaust. Some of them moved to Israel. Most moved to Venezuela. There was a pretty big community at one point. Actually, a lot of Moroccan Jews. I don't know if. Are you... Yeah, five percent. That's why I'm asking. And you look like mm-hmm. my Moroccan friend. Yeah, I know. From Venezuela, I'll send you a photo after the podcast. You guys I'm, look very like. Really, I'm super Ashkenazi. Though. I yeah. just I don't know what it is. Might be the Romanian in me. Um, and yeah, so I grew up here. I went to Jewish day school. I went to Jewish high school. I had a similar situation in terms of like my religious observance, where I was super drawn away from it by the time I graduated. All my friends are going to yeshiva, and I'm like, I want nothing to do with this. And then I came back on my own um, yeah. because, it, because it felt robotic, it felt forced. And then um, now I am in a place where, like, I have a one-on-one relationship with, with Hashem, and I also tap in in the same way that you said, where it's like 
let me teach them about like the beautiful things so that maybe if there's like a, an anti-Semite who doesn't realize they're an anti-Semite because of the way that they've been taught, they'll see it and they'll be like, oh wow, like that's, that's actually really cool. So like last week we did something about Lechadodi and like, is it me personally? I started keeping Shabbat. One of the main reasons was because I started like looking at the translation of Lechadodi in connection to what I was learning about Shabbat. And I'm like, whoa. So I've always wanted to like dig deeper into it. Mm-hmm. And so we made like a nice little, like a carousel um, on Instagram, digging into like different verses of the Chadodi. So that is that's that beautiful. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am born. I was born born in New York City and raised in New York City, and I still live in New York, and I'm a proud. New York Jew. Uh, I grew up in a conservative Jewish household and a proud member of the Brotherhood Synagogue in Gramercy Park. I, unlike Mayor, I, so I was observant growing up and I guess I became less observant as I got older. But as I got older, I came to understand that in addition for there to be a, a, a wide sort of plethora of ways to understand and define one's religious observance, I, for me, it's important that Judaism as religion is understood as much as it is practiced. And I think that is reflected in my Judaic studies minor at school, in my fascination with the Holocaust and Jewish assimilation, and just Jews in American culture uh, more broadly. Love that. 100% agree with that. Yeah. Love that. It needs to be understood more than it is practiced. Right. And then also seeing from, I think, the aspect of seeing from a historical lens is huge because of the fact that there's nothing new under the sun and we've just, we've, we've like lived through similar things over and over again, like almost as if it's not a coincidence. <laughs> and, and so Isaac and I both connect on that level like super well, even though we're not really on the same page when it comes to observancy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the way that we talk about Jewish stuff and it I think that's actually Isaac I've never like kind of realized it in this way where it's like we have like we're on two sides of a coin and it works really well because of that I think where yeah go ahead go ahead like last week we shared the Lechadodi and this week Isaac wrote up um something about uh Jews in the Catskills so in the same format of like we're calling it the significance series. So in the same format of like, oh, in last week they went super deep on this super religious thing. And now this week they're going super deep on this super cultural thing. So I think mm-hmm. that it, it's like it emerged almost naturally. Yeah, just- and I just want to add that what makes uh, Mayor and I's working relationship work so well and what, it, it, what so meaningful for me is that Although I am not as observant as Mayer, Mayer still views me as his equal when it comes to sort of Judaism and understanding Judaism. And that just creates this really good symbiotic relationship. 100%. I love that. And I actually see that respect between you two. And that's how how it should be between every Jew. That's what's going to bring the Shia. If if every Jew really understood, like, what each of us had inside at our core, like, we're literally souls. Like, we have... we have godly energy inside of us. And if we were able to relate to that on everybody's level, then we're all equal. If we're able to mm-hmm. understand that, we're all equal. 
it's baseless love. Like yeah. every Tisha B'Av, everyone's like, okay, how do we, how do we, how do we do, how do we bring the third Mashiach and and uh, the next, how do we bring Mashiach to the third temple? And it's like it's always baseless love. But then when Tisha B'Av ends, nobody's talking about that anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yes. You and, guys really inspired. Like your this talk really inspired. Like my next few captions. I have a lot yes. to say. Right. So thank you. Awesome. Wow. Happy to hear. Thank you so much, Sarah. How do you pronounce your last name, by the way? We, we gig. Could, just gig. Okay. Yeah, gig, like a gigabyte. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> we preferred not to say because we were we didn't want to butcher it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so okay. much. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. We're gonna stay on. All right. Have a good one. You too.